Spring football is virtually almost completely done. But we've got the NFL draft coming up. And last year, Malcolm Rodriguez was the biggest surprise in the NFL, definitely for rookies. His performance really set a bar for how some Oklahoma State guys, especially defensively, can carve out a niche in the NFL. And I think this draft class is going to be no different. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You can find me on Twitter at Aldeo State. We are available on YouTube as well as every single podcasting platform. As we shift out of spring and kind of discuss the MVPs and, and position group-wise, who kind of shined, who was a surprise, who are we anticipating doing more. But before then, we've got the NFL draft coming up. And although I'm sure you're aware that we don't have a lot necessarily cooking in this draft, but a lot of people said the same thing last year. There wasn't very many people that anticipated Devin Harper making a roster. He carved himself out a nice little role in Dallas. Malcolm Rodriguez obviously took the world by storm, not only through hard knocks, but through his performance in the entirety of the season. So what other Cowboys are currently in the NFL? And then as far as the guys that went through Pro Day that will be going through the draft process, what are some of the likely outcomes or at least possibilities for a good number of these guys? Because again, it's going to be somewhat like times in the past where you have O state guys go in the later rounds that end up not only doing something productive, uh, but hanging on and having a, a pretty lengthy NFL career, even if it's not necessarily you know, all the, the bells and whistles and, and triumphs all across the board. So let's go over a few Cowboys uh, that were on NFL rosters this previous season and uh, kind of where they stack up in regards to their time at Oklahoma State, their time in the NFL, and what guys we have coming through the process this season. All right, so somebody that was a surprise, I think probably to most, that has been able to carve out as much of a role in the NFL as he has been able to is Vincent Taylor. Uh, Vincent Taylor did a lot of really cool stuff with the Dolphins, did a lot of pretty cool stuff with the Bills. And, uh, yeah, he did a lot of really cool stuff in the beginning with the Texans. And I really like where he's at. And after being with the Texans, most recently he goes to the Falcons, gets a pretty good deal right? Orchestrates a pretty nice deal 
uh, in it for himself, and then he comes down with a bunch of injuries. There's not a lot you can do about it, but he's been in the NFL long enough now that, you know, from 2017 to, to now, that's a very impressive career. Whether he's able to recuperate from this most recent round of uh, injuries and, and surgeries, who knows? But if anybody said going into his NFL career that he was going to be able to carve out this many years, I don't think that that would have been an accurate assessment um, by whoever's saying that they, they foresaw him having this long of a career. So he's been able to do a lot. His rehab is going to be interesting. It's going to be kind of interesting to see if he comes back this year and what he looks like. But nonetheless, he's carved out way more of a role than any of us ever thought that he really would. Uh, especially when you're talking about, you know, going in the sixth round, right? Justice Hill. He's always been in the background there with the Baltimore Ravens, primarily because they've had an insanely loaded backfield for the last few years, not to mention you have Lamar Jackson there that is a pseudo running back uh, by himself. He just signed another two-year contract, so he's still somebody that the Ravens very, very much believe in, even if it's just going to be a special teams gunner type of guy or it's going to be the second or third running back on the roster. He may never be a full-time, all-down, everyday starter, but nonetheless, the Ravens clearly like him in the position he's in, and they like him enough to continue to keep giving him money so he doesn't go anywhere. Another one of his buddies there at the Ravens is going to be Tylen Wallace. A very comparable story. They were both fourth-round picks, right? And they've they've both kind of been hiding in the background. Tylen Wallace got a few opportunities last year, made a few really cool catches that ended up on a highlight reel type of thing. Uh, but again, dealt with a little bit more injuries. Wide receiver is a position that the Ravens are definitely looking at for this draft cycle. What that means for Tylen Wallace, obviously it remains to be seen. But nonetheless, he's still going to be able to carve out a nice little role for himself in the NFL, even if it's just a backup type of role. He'll have a long career because he's obviously that talented. Uh, somebody else that you know that the team that he's with currently is very high on him is going to be Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard, you know, he's really gotten a lot of opportunities uh, when Christian McCaffrey got injured. And he performed pretty well. And then same goes for this this previous season. I uh, got some opportunities. And then Christian McCaffrey got traded over to uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers. And everybody assumed that uh, it was going to be Chuba's job 100%. But Deontay Foreman's kind of crept in there. And they're, they seem to be splitting roles now. Deontay Foreman is a free agent right now while Chuba Hubbard's still very much under contract with the Panthers. So it appears to be him being the leading running back coming into this season, but a lot can change and it depends on what they do contractually with the backup situation. But nonetheless, Chuba Hubbard, he's looking good. He really just needs a line that's going to help him out because uh, he's got to have open field, right? And in order to get open field, he's not going to make a m bunch of people miss behind the line of scrimmage, kind of like a Justice Hill will. But when he gets an open field, he's an absolute nightmare. Somebody who uh, is very interesting, second-round pick, Tevin Jenkins of the Chicago Bears. You know, I even said when he got drafted, I thought that he was going to be a much better fit at right tackle as opposed to left tackle, even though he's drafted to play left tackle. Didn't quite work out. Went over to right tackle. Didn't do bad. But then he got shifted to right guard, and he looked absolutely phenomenal. 
Now they've went and got in uh, Davis from the Tennessee Titans to play right guard. So now Tevin Jenkins is going to shift over to play left guard. But with as good as he played right guard last season and as versatile as he clearly is, it shouldn't be any issues. So they're, they're still pretty high on Tevin Jenkins. They're still pretty happy there. Uh, Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers, I think, obviously covered out a very good role. When he was with the Seahawks, they moved him to cornerback, played a hybrid Cam Chancellor style of very aggressive cornerback, and he has since moved on to the Bengals. He does play quite a bit, even if it's in a little bit of a reserve role. But being in that reserve role this last uh, season, I'm intrigued to see what he does moving forward. I think he's still got something in the tank. I think he's still got enough left to be a starter somewhere. But we shall see what he does this season or this offseason into the you know the shakeups that typically happen after the preseason. Uh, we'll we'll see where it shakes out, but I, I think he's still probably in pretty good position. Uh, a fun way that you all can make sure you're putting yourself in a pretty decent position moving forward is by downloading the FanDuel app. It is America's number one sports book, and y'all know that we love our baseball. And good job, Cowboys, on sweeping the Jayhawks. We absolutely had to have that to continue to stay up there in the race of the Big 12. So we appreciate that. Didn't have any grand slams. Didn't have any number, no hitters. But we did have quite a few double plays. Had quite a few doubles. Had a few triples. We looked pretty good. We're still giving up way too many runs. But nonetheless, it is an America's number one sports book over at FanDuel. And new customers can step up to the plate today. With the no sweat first bet, it's up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up today, place your first bet, and get up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Don't miss your opportunity to get that thousand dollars back in your no sweat first bet at fanduel.com slash locked on. Go there now to sign up again. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. As we continue to kind of dive into some of the guys that we know have been able to um, represent very, very well in the NFL, another one who's just kind of bounced around up and down, had some highs, has a really a lot of lows, unfortunately, was A.J. Green. Uh, cornerback still potentially may have some possibilities. Um, him being active on a roster, to me, I thought was even ironic because at one point in time, He'd been sent home for a couple of years, so it's it's nice to see him still kind of maintaining some side, some semblance of a footing to keep his opportunity. We talked a little bit about Devin Harper. It was like a redshirt year for him. He did a lot more than he was anticipated to do, carved out a very good role in special teams, and it looks to be potentially in a good spot moving forward because the Cowboys have multiple guys like Van Der Esch, uh, that is in a free agent capacity. They've got a couple more linebackers that are free agents at the moment. Devin Harper, Harper's still obviously going to be on the rookie contract. So he can take that next step. He's going to be able to carve out a very good role for himself next season. Malcolm Rodriguez is the dude. Right now, he's like uh, maybe the GOAT for Oklahoma State linebackers as far as their success goes in the NFL instantaneously. Um, amen, I'm Bogmamiga. Still been able to stick with the San Diego Chargers. Uh, he's been relegated to more of a backup role, more of a special teams role. But coming from Canada, you know, he's really been able to shed a, a lot of light 
on some of the possibilities for Canadian football players, and he's still very heavily involved. So I think that in and of itself is pretty good. Uh, he'll have the opportunity to do a lot more in the NFL or if he chooses to go to the CFL route. Same with Chris Lacey. I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't gone the CFL route. He's bounced on and off, on and off, on and off the practice squad. For the Raiders, since his, I don't know, beginning of getting in, he did the same thing with the Lions, on, off, on, off, on, off. But again, got a lot of talent, could do a lot in uh, some of the other professional realms. But it's nice to see him still get some opportunities here and there. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba. Dolphins very, very, very high on him. Just signed a new contract recently. Did not perform up to the contract, again, because of injuries. They're still very high on him. I just read an article today that his agent is is saying that he knows he didn't necessarily live up to his end of the bargain, but he definitely wants to stay in Miami because of the, the cap space and everything. In order to do so, it does appear as he might have to take a little bit of meat off the bone of his contract and be willing to, to shave a little off the top to make it work. He does strike me as the type of dude we all know that he's probably going to be willing to do so because he also knows he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Rodarius Williams, a cornerback that was also chosen in the sixth round. He started off, made a massive splash in an even bigger pond and carved out a starting role as a rookie. And then he had a big injury. Last year, he was able to battle back halfway through the season, got a decent amount of playing time, and it kind of filtered off uh, there towards the end. I know he personally wasn't happy with the amount of playing time he was getting to go from being a starter to relegated as a backup after dealing with those kind of injuries and returning in the time that he did. I know there's still some meat on the bone left for him, so I'm excited to see what he does next. Josh Seals, kind of a sad story, right? You know, he worked his way onto the roster from an unsigned free agent position. Not only did that, carved out a starting role, was doing phenomenal, got himself in some trouble, became the butt of a bunch of jokes and a bunch of memes. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of sad to see his fall from grace after coming from basically obscurity up to uh, where he had. Somebody who's been stuck in obscurity is Mason Rudolph. I don't care what anybody says. Mason Rudolph has not gotten a fair shake in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's had some opportunities. But at the end of the day, he has not realistically got enough of an opportunity. They bring in this bum, Mitch Trubisky, who's not better than Mason Rudolph. They put all their eggs into this rookie because he's from Pittsburgh. I get it. It's a, it's a really cool story. But he also, Kenny Pickett, is not significantly better than Mason Rudolph. Obviously, the ceiling's going to be brighter. But I wish the Steelers would just get rid of his, his, his tail. Because even if he's not going to be a starter somewhere, he very well could be a number two. He very well could be a Seneca Wallace or a Chase Daniels and have that type of career. And I think Mason Rudolph would be uh, somewhat okay with that. That's a pretty dang good living. But what Mason Rudolph is not is a third stringer in the NFL. So hopefully he gets that fixed and or they allow him to go somewhere to let his um, peacock feathers uh, fly. Jalen Warren, it's, it's sad to see what the Steelers have done to Mason Rudolph when, on the other hand, they have Jalen Warren who came to Oklahoma State last year is a, a pretty big surprise. You know, transfer in from Utah State where he didn't get a crap ton of playing time. And he just, he wanted more opportunity. The body by glass did wonders for him. He was able to improve his quickness, his side to side, his lateral speed, uh, which he knew that's what was basically the biggest part of his game that he was lacking. And he improved on all of that. He's done very well with the Steelers and he appears to be sitting pretty to continue to take that role. 
whether it be the starter or the 1B guy, it's going to take a lot for him to get past. Tyron Johnson, speedster, he's a guy that he gets opportunities, does crazy stuff, gets paid more money, gets traded, whatever, gets bigger opportunities, and then he regresses. And then he gets a random opportunity and does a lot of crazy stuff again, uh, gets more money, gets traded, and then he regresses. This seems to be a, a trend with Tyron Johnson. I do think that he's going to be able to finally fit here with the, the San Francisco 49ers. I did think he was a really good fit with the Raiders, but clearly it didn't work out. So between the Raiders and the Chargers, he's kind of been bounced around and had some productivity. But I think with the 49ers, they've got a plan for him. I'm excited to see what he does. He's there with our main man, Tay Martin, who, again, hasn't really got a lot of playing time on the field, but was able to stick with the roster last year. Did get relegated to some of the practice team stuff and then bounced around uh, back and forth. Christian Holmes. Very good story, right? Came to the Washington Commanders. They had some issues at the cornerback position. He was viewed as a project, right? Sixth, seventh round range where you're not going to be pegged to stick around. Not only did he stick around, but he got a significant amount of playing time, enough playing time for him to be able to carve out a starter role because he did get starter levels of minutes. And so now he's been able to adapt his, his physicality and the mental side of it to the NFL which makes a very good representation of some of the people that have come through Oklahoma State recently that were on NFL rosters last season. Now let's get into the guys that we know are coming through this draft process, and can any of them carve out a decent role? Or are they going to be relocated to kind of, you know, trying other places? One of them being Sione Asi. I, I wish, you know, we had a definitive reasoning as to why he left, but nonetheless, it is what it is. But just above six foot, 303 pounds, it's hard to teach that kind of uh, weight. And I think someone that he'll be reminiscent of is maybe a Vincent Taylor. I don't think he quite has the talent that Vincent Taylor had. Uh, but, you know, he's going to cause some problems for some people uh, as, as far as offensive linemen go. So he'll get an unsigned free agent opportunity. It'll be kind of cool to see if he's able to, to shake any trees there. Uh, Lamont Bishop, linebacker that we all anticipated having back. I know he wanted to be back. He also anticipated being back. Got robbed. We don't exactly know why. But at six foot two, darn near 240 pounds, running a 4'6". You know, almost a 32-inch vertical, uh, 9-2, 9-3 broad jump. His bench press, I think he put up 16-17, which isn't bad uh, at his pro day. But, you know, I think he's somebody who could potentially make a roster, be a practice squad type of dude, be on a special team. So don't be super surprised if he goes from not playing very much at all at Oklahoma State University to making some semblance of a roster or practice squad or something to that effect in the NFL. Uh, Tanner Brown. Not only is he an interesting prospect uh, as a kicker, but there's only so many kicking jobs. So it's really hard for these guys to carve out much of a role. He might be a little bit different. Tanner Brown might be somebody who is able to, to latch on to some spot, even if it takes a while. Uh, Brendan Evers, we all know the story there. Uh, you know, I don't see Brendan Evers as an NFL type of guy, but we've been proven wrong before, not just because of the talent. But it's more of the injuries. He could never stay healthy in Stillwater. I don't see how he's going to be able to do so in the NFL either. Uh, Tom Hutton, 
kind of similar to a Tanner Brown, right? He's got a booming leg. He's got the ability to put a funky, funky spin on it and kick it in different spots on purpose, right? The directional kicking, he's gotten pretty good at that. He can roll. He can kick with both legs for the most part. So his versatility should get him in some locker rooms, uh, which anytime you get in, it gives you the opportunity to make it. Uh, the person snapping him the ball, ironically enough, Matt Hembro, he will absolutely be in the NFL. He will be able to stick with an NFL roster. If it's not immediately, it won't take him too daggone long. And yeah, at six foot two, 240 pounds, maybe it's not ideal size, but he does run a 4740. He does have almost a 36 or 37 inch vertical jump. He's got almost a 10 or a 9998 broad jump. He was able to throw up 22 reps uh, for his pro day which would have ranked him like top three, top five in a bunch of the NFL classifications. He would have even ranked top three, top five in some of the like the, the DB linebacker type classifications as well. Braden Johnson, wide receiver, wish him the best, got 4-4 speed, got a 38-inch vertical, got a 9-11 broad jump, threw up 16, 17 reps at his pro day. Might be able to do something in the NFL, but kind of comparable to uh, Brendan Nevers, which was never able to stay healthy. <laughs> Uh, Brock Martin, kind of similar to Brendan Evers. Uh, he was not happy with most of his pro day. I know that. He's a very hard worker, but, you know, he might be somebody that's more okay with just living his life on a farm than dealing with any the bureaucratic crap that comes with the NFL. Could he potentially make something? It's possible. He's got the talent to do it, but he doesn't have a lot of bulk film for them to basically go over and solidify him as an NFL guy. Uh, C.J. Tate, cool story, right? He was always the guy who dominated spring game. He was one of the wide receivers who captivated everybody's attention every spring, and then come season, he didn't really see the field all that often. So yeah, could he carve out a little bit of a role somewhere in the CFL? I think it's very possible. NFL, I don't see it. I don't see it likely. So let's get to the dudes that we think will have the opportunity to get drafted. And that's going to be Jason Taylor, the second, other than Matt Hembro. I, I know they don't really draft very many long snappers, and the guy from UCF may be the only long snapper drafted. But if there is two drafted, my guess would be Matt Hembro would be the other one. Regardless, he's going to get the opportunity as an unsigned free agent, and I can't wait for it. Jason Taylor, the second, should not be passed up. At 5'11", 204 pounds, he's another one that you have seen his maturation process at Oklahoma State, and he was playing as a freshman. And every year you saw that ball hawk, that dog that wasn't afraid to stick his nose in there and, and lay the wood. You know, he's got a very good instinct for what he's, you know, looking at. And... Maybe we get a little bit caught up in how good he was at Oklahoma State because he was always there for the big play, right? He was always there in concerning moments where we needed him. He's going to be able to be deployed in a multitude of manners. And if teams are honest with all of their assessments, he's got an NFL frame. He's got a lot of power when he tackles. You can blitz him and he not be a liability. He can help string plays out east to west and, again, not be a liability. His overall speed and agility maybe aren't exactly what teams are looking for, but he does have the skills to possess 
the the football in in midair. He's good at high pointing, uh, which makes him a pretty good deep safety. Figuring out where he's going to be able to find a, a role is going to be contingent upon what style of defense teams are looking for. If he gets to the right system, I think he could not only provide really good depth, but he could end up participating in all four phases of the game throughout his career. He's just he's too good to not play. He tracks the ball very well. He can function as a linebacker when need be. Um, you know, sometimes he gets his feet crossed up, gets his hips a little bit out of position. And when that happens, he doesn't necessarily have the top end speed or the recovery capabilities that, that, that you're looking for in a true DB. But the things that he lacks, we know that he makes up for in athleticism and intelligence and things of that nature. So my guess would be round five. I'm going to say round five with Jason Taylor. I think round four is a possibility. I think anything outside of round four, round five makes him a steal. I have seen some prognostications have him in the round seven range. I don't necessarily buy that. Uh, I think that he very well could be off the board as early as round four. Um, You know, NFL draft prospect grade is like a 5.92, which classifies him as an average backup or a career special teamer. I do think he'll do a little bit more than that. I think that may be some of the reason that his draft stock is a little bit all over the place. But me personally, if he goes anywhere after the fifth round, I will be surprised. If he goes before the fourth, I might be a little bit surprised as well. But I think think fourth round is, is very manageable and doable for him. Another one that that we know is going to likely get drafted is going to be Tyler Lacey. On his prospect grade, he was graded above Jason Taylor II. He was graded in the low sixes range, classified as a really good NFL backup with potential starter level in the NFL. We've seen what he's been able to do at Oklahoma State, and his versatility is the thing that's going to allow him to, to do a decent job in the NFL. And him throwing up 30 bench press bench press reps was a really good count for himself. 5-1 in the 40, 28 and a half on the vertical. A really good 10 split for a big dude. Good shuttle time. He's NFL ready with his frame, his, his athleticism, and I think some of his athleticism doesn't exactly jump off the page because he's been rotating at multiple positions at Oklahoma State. When he goes to the NFL – that versatility that may have been viewed as a little bit of weakness in college will now be viewed as a strength when he gets to the league. He will be somebody that we see quite often at some point in time in his NFL career. So is he another one that's projected in the fifth, sixth round? I'm seeing a lot of that, but he's somebody else that kind of like Jason Taylor II, I believe will be off the board in the fourth, fifth round. And even that fourth, fifth round designation, Tyler Lacey will most likely be deemed as a steal, or at least he should be. We'll see how it shakes out. But I hope I was allowing you to walk through a little bit of memory lane today and hit some of the guys that were still actively on NFL rosters this previous season, as well as the guys that we got going into the draft. But I want to hear from you. Who are some of the guys that I mentioned that you're most excited about in this upcoming season, as well as... Let me know in the comments down below. Out of all the guys that we had participate in the Pro Day, 
that are going to have the opportunity to have their name called? Is there somebody that we're missing? Is there going to be a big surprise or two? Let me know down in the comments. Until then, that's all we got for this one. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you for making this your first listen here in Lachlan, Oklahoma State. Until next time. All right, y'all. Later.